We've got a blind date with destiny. And it looks like she's ordered the lobster. I'll be back. Get away from her, you bitch! We all go a little mad sometimes. Welcome back. This is Sequel Harder. Usually we talk about great movies and their awful sequels, but right now we're going to start a new mini-series called Sequel Failure, uh, where we're going to talk about movies that were intended to be franchises, but the first ones did so poorly, they never got off the ground. So my name is Dave, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Eric. Hello. And for the first episode in Sequel Failure, we have decided to talk about Mystery Men. 1999 Mystery 1999. Men. 1999. What is your history with this movie? I saw this in theaters, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I saw it in theaters, and I remember, I remember thinking it was going to be a lot better than it was. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, 1999 is sort of the beginning of when trailers started to get kind of tricky, and started oh, okay. and that whole fr- like that whole thing about like showing too much of the mm-hmm. best stuff. I feel like started in like the late 90s, like the very late 90s. Okay. And so I remember showing up and being like, and you know what's so funny is I I read in the tr- the trivia about this that the actors had sort of a an argument on set constantly about the tone of the movie, the comedic yes. tone of the movie. Right. And I feel like that really comes through. <laughs> it really does. Where, yeah. There's times where there's stuff in there is like very subtly funny and then some of it's just like slapstick stupid. Yeah. And like, yeah. So it just, it, it goes all over the place. And and I remember kind of leaving and being like, eh, it wasn't terrible, but it, it's not really what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, same here. I saw it in the movies. I love, this This should be right in my wheelhouse, right? Yeah, I love yeah. like superhero comedies. I love like stories about superheroes that are so more reality based. Yeah, you know, Watchmen or yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, yeah, Incredibles. Yeah. Even though that's a cartoon, but <laughs> there's no stuff, reason you can't like the Incredibles. Right, stuff stuff where you, you see them in more everyday situations. Right. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of stuff that Wolverine does actually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, same thing. It's like I I should really like it, but it just didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't mean, feel right. the, the parts that I liked about it, I really liked, mm-hmm. and then but then there was just there was enough things in there that I was like, okay, this is kind of stupid. Yeah, I didn't realize until reading the trivia that this is from a comic book. Yeah, but it's and it's the funny thing about it is it's 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 from what is it the carrot flaming carrot flaming carrot yeah. and it's yeah. And that was originally supposed to be the uh, Captain Amazing. Right. But then they were like, okay, this, that's just too weird. <laughs> we're not doing yeah. that. <laughs> we can't make that fly on. No. Movies. Especially with like the, the whole realism thing that they were trying to go with. Right. So, yeah. So they took the Mystery Men were background characters in Flaming Carrot, which I've never read. I've seen no. it. I always saw it at the comic book store, but I never picked one up. Yeah, and I even sort of looked it up a little bit. And I was like, I don't even really know. What, like, even my in my research, I don't even know what this is. Uh-huh. Did you, here's the thing. Did you th- do you think they really intended to be sequels? Cuz that's uh, sort of where we are with Yeah, this show. And, and here's the funny thing about it. I think that of the two movie of the the, the first couple movies we're going to talk about in this mm-hmm. series cuz we sort of we've we'll just admit right now we've watched 3 that we're going to talk about and that'll come out. But uh of the 3 that we've sort of watched recently, 
I feel like this was the one that's best set up for sequels. Yes. And, and, and positioned itself into something where I'm like, okay, like if, if this was better, mm-hmm. then I, I'd be willing to watch more of this. Right. I feel like it's hard to know whether they intended to do sequels or they just kind of left it open. Yeah. Right. Because they, they do end it, it. It's an origin story for this team. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you can say that, oh, okay, they, they defeated the bad guy and now movie's over, but you could do that for Avengers. You could do more with the team. Yeah. Now that they're established. Uh, and of course, if they made a lot of money, I'm sure they would have made more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is such a 90s well, the, movie. The other interesting thing yeah. was that the director, uh, right. He, he hated the process of filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he's a commercial director. What is his name? It's uh Kinka something. Yeah. Uh, Kinka Usher. Kinka Usher. Yeah. I read that he hated, he, he, he's a commercial director. This is the first feature film, narrative film he's ever made. He hated it so much that he, like as a director, that he never made another movie again. And, yeah. and even on set was like, I'm going back to commercials and I'm never doing film again. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the fact that the director hated what he was doing, the cast all had different ideas as to what the tone should be. Um, and apparently, like, Janine and, and Ben Stiller didn't get along. Yeah, and I also I read uh, that uh, Greg Kinnear and then... Mm. I was like, Greg Kinnear and Ben Stiller didn't and ben get along. St- Yeah, Greg right. Kinnear and Ben Stiller got in this huge argument and Ben Stiller tried to get himself thrown off the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he tried to get himself like, cut from the yeah. movie. It, it kind of comes through. Yeah. Like he's, I mean, I'm sure his character was written to be the way it is, but he really feels it. You know, he feels yeah. like he doesn't want to be there. I, I could see him being an angry ass in real life. Like, yeah. Um, but art imitating yeah. life. Yeah. You know, Ben Stiller, Janine Garofalo, uh, Pee Wee Herman. These, these are nineties. Oh yeah. Icons. Yeah, it's yeah. such a nineties movie. Um, and it's so just like depressing and gritty and, um, it's colorful. But it's also just darkly colorful. But they're not bright. It's, but it's funny that, that I read that they used a lot of the exteriors uh, from the 1995 Batman movie. Right. <laughs> so that, that explains so much. It really does. Uh, so our main characters are the Shoveler, played by William H. Macy, uh, Blue Raja, played by Hank Azaria, and Mr. Furious, played by Ben Stiller. And so they're they're a pair a trio of uh, do gooders. Yeah, you would say superheroes, but they don't actually have any powers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they try to fight crime, and they're not doing a very good job of it. Um, they're always in the shadow of Captain Amazing, played by Greg Kinnear, who this was some of the funnier bits I thought is his his personality. Yeah, and how yeah, yeah. and how they're making fun of Superman with it. Uh, well, Superman, yeah, uh, Superman and Batman. Yeah. Okay. Well, how, yeah. Uh, he's the whole billionaire thing. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, but, no, there's no way that a billionaire would be a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, right. But then they were doing the glasses. The glasses. Thing. Thing. They, they kind of great. blended the two. So the yeah. whole joke about Superman, Batman, and their alter identity, right. like alter egos. Like. Yeah. You know who doesn't think it's a waste of money? Little Mr. Captain Amazing. Well, Captain, um, if we had a billionaire like Lance Hunt as our benefactor, yeah, we could spend 150. Mm, that's because Lance Hunt is Captain Amazing. Oh, don't uh, start that again. Lance Hunt wears glasses. Captain Amazing doesn't wear glasses. He takes them off when he transforms. That doesn't make any sense. He wouldn't be able to see. Eventually, uh, I get the, the plot kind of revolves around Captain Amazing. He's put away all of the, the great supervillains, and so his PR is going down the toilet because he yeah. doesn't have any, anybody good to fight anymore. Well, he's just lost his Pepsi deal. 
That's the funny thing about it. He's got he's got all these like branded logos <laughs> on his suit. He's like it's a so freaking NASCAR stupid. driver. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what I said. The, the things I like about this movie, I yeah. really like. Yeah. But yeah. That's that's just hilarious. That it's and like his manager is played by Ricky Jay. Yeah. And there's a great line where he's like, "You got to get me some better PR." He's like, "I'm not a magician," yeah. which of I'm course he is. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, an agent. Yeah. <laughs> so he decides to get his the only remaining supervillain, uh, Casanova Frankenstein, played by. Jeffrey um, Rush. Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. Out of prison or out of the insane asylum. Yeah. Um, so he can fight him again and get more PR. So his alter ego, Lance, goes to the uh, uh, the, 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 the parole, parole hearing. hearing. Yeah, yeah. And convinces them well, with a letter from, from okay, Captain from Cap- Amazing. Which is just – it's a grocery shopping list. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Look, that's funny. Uh, saying that, oh, he's definitely cured, blah, blah, blah. And he's got the psychologist on his side as well or – no, well, Casanova's, Casanova's got, the psychologist. got the psychologist as like his like you know, yeah, female sidekick or right. Assistant. And it's funny because she says like three lines in the beginning of the movie and then nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, he cap- Casanova captures Captain Amazing, and he's going to destroy the city or do whatever. He's got the big giant laser ray shooter thing, yeah. whatever it was. Doesn't matter. Um, so psychofraculator. Psycho. That's it. <laughs> So the uh, our three heroes have to recruit some more people to be able to come on, uh, take on Casanova Frankenstein. They get – well, the first one they meet is uh, Invisible Boy played by Kel Mitchell. Yeah. And he's this like teenage black kid who claims he can become invisible and what's the other thing he claims to do? Well, it's, well he, he – no one – Everyone forgets he exists. Yeah. And and he's invisible when no one's looking at him. So let me get this straight. You do have the ability to become invisible. Yes. But you can't give us a demonstration. No. I can only become invisible when no one's watching. So you're only invisible to yourself? Oh, no. If I look at myself, I become visible again. So... You can only become invisible when absolutely nobody is watching you? Yes. Um, do forgive our incredulity, but uh, I'm wondering how you can be certain you've achieved transparency at all. Well, when you go invisible, you can feel it. So that's, a, that's kind of a useless superpower, but he knows all the other ones because he's always hanging out where superheroes hang out. Or vigilantes, yeah. whatever you want to call them. So they hold a uh, barbecue slash audition to get new members and that goes poorly. That's one of the things where I thought they just should have leaned in more, right? Yeah. The, the, that's a, that is a very deep well, the sort of stupid superhero jokes, yep, yep. right? And they did a few of them mm-hmm. and it's like the fighting Wonder Woman were kind of funny, but yeah. it was all just kind of funny and they really could have gone long with that, yeah. with that joke. They just could have had one after another. Yep. Um, they don't get any good after that, but Janine Garofalo shows up afterward and her character is the bowler and her dad was a hero called the bowler yeah. and she has his skull uh, encased in in her bowling ball and it seems to have 
his spirit in it or something because it talks to her and flies around by itself. Apparently, that prop was super heavy too. <laughs> yeah, it was like thirty something pounds. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, and then they started like I've seen those balls before, like the with the skull. In oh, them. really? And the company after like the the company specifically made it for this movie, and then afterwards they were like people were requesting it so much they just started making a line of like they, they had a, they had a novelty line of balls mm-hmm. and they just started making them, but obviously not at thirty pounds. So like, right? Yeah. It's like the heaviest bowling ball you get at the thing is like 16 pounds. Some, yeah, something yeah. like that. Which I always have to get because my thumb is so wide. Yeah, yeah. It's the only one that'll fit it. <laughs> <laughs> we get, that's why you got to get your own custom ball and I know. It out. Yeah. Exactly. Get my own shoes. Yeah, yeah. They're stylish. Um, so they pick up the bowler. They uh, <laughs> The other one they get is the spleen played by Paul Rubens. Yeah. And he's just sort of a hanger on. He's this, you know, nobody, nobody really wants him there. Nobody wants him he, there. Yeah. He smells. He's really kind of slimy. Um, but he, <laughs> what did he do? He passed gas on a gypsy and she cursed him. It all started when I was just 13 years of age. One day while walking with some friends, I accidentally cut the cheese. Well, in my adolescent awkwardness, I blamed it on an old gypsy woman who happened to be passing by. Big mistake! The gypsy woman placed a curse upon my head. Because I'd smelt it, she decreed I would forevermore be he who does it! Which, that idea, I like the sort of, the gypsy curse idea. It's yeah. just a great trope to fall it's back like, on. It's like that movie Thinner. Thinner, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he can now shoot people with his farts like across the room. Yeah. And knock them out. And that's kind of funny. Then there's the rumored sphinx character yeah, yeah. who's supposed to be able to split people's guns in half with his mind, but nobody's ever seen him or whatever. He shows up to save them at one point by splitting everybody's guns yeah. in half, who, as we were saying before we started recording, may be the only actual display of superpowers in the movie. Well, that and the flying ball. The flying ball yeah. and maybe the invisible. Maybe the invisible. That, that's that's ambiguous enough that right. like, you could argue either direction. Right. Yeah. So then they get the, they get the band together. They go get their asses kicked by... Eddie Azard. Yeah. So Eddie Azard is what is his name? Tony, Tony C, P. Tony P. Yeah, and I really, really Lead of the Disco Boys. The Disco Boys. I hate the fact that he's trying to do an American accent. Yeah, he oh, is yeah, so yeah. bad at it. Yeah. And you know me at accents. You want to run, Tony P? You can't hurt me, baby bowler. Because I'm protected by the god of haircuts. It's time to send you back to your daddy. You killed my father. That's right, because I'm a killer, and you're not. Let's face it, kid. You don't have the guts to kill me. It is the worst. And he's a funny – like, I love his comedy. But even, even his English accent is sort of light. It's not really like – Yeah. Yeah. Just let him do that. Yeah. Right? No. Um, I do like the fact that they're all themed gang jokes, right? You got yeah. the disco gang, and then when uh, – Casanova Frankenstein gathers all of his yeah. you know minions together. There's the frat boys and the these Chinese people or whatever. There's like they're all the, the lady assassins. Lady assassins. Yeah. yeah. The uh, we'll call them the mystery men, even though they don't choose that name till the end of the movie. They get their butts kicked and they figure out that they need help, and that's when the the Sphinx shows up, saves their butts, and starts to teach them. And so we have a training montage of trying to learn to work together as a team. Yeah, this this this, this is the example. The Sphinx is the example of the the whole scene with the Sphinx at his little house or whatever is an example of just the the inconsistencies in the comedy 
And the some of the stuff that's funny and some of the stuff that's not funny. The, yeah. stuff, that's, the stuff that's funny is when like the Sphinx always has a way of taking a phrase and then turning it and making the opposite to make it seem like it's right. smart. Patience, my son. To summon your power for the conflict to come, you must first have power over that which conflicts you. Okay. Am I the only one who finds these sayings just a little bit formulaic? If you want to push something down, you have to pull it up. If you want to go left, you have to go right. It's your temper is very quick, my friend. But until you learn to master your rage... Your rage will become your master? That's what you were going to say, right? Right? Not necessarily. <laughs> and that that's hilarious. Yeah. But then later, there's a whole... I think even actually before that, there's a whole scene where it's like the watermelon on the feet. Right. I was like, this, that's just... That makes no sense and it's stupid. Like, yeah, I didn't... That was weird because he's, he's supposed to be balancing it like a, a tack hammer on his head, or something. and he's like, and then Ben Stiller's like, "Well, I don't understand why I got the watermelon on my feet." And then the Sphinx is like, "I never told you to put." I don't remember telling you, telling you. And then the camera just sort of like tilts yeah. down and shows. Yeah, that's the other thing, and this probably shows the inexperience of the director yeah. is that he didn't know how to do comic timing with the visual gags. Yeah, right? all the visual gags took too long to happen. Oh yeah, the panning yeah. down, tilting down, the just reveals yeah. of whatever. It just took too long. Yeah. Like the, he needed to, to ratchet everything up. Everything in this movie, it's a silly movie. It should be fast, right? Yeah. Joke. And it should be rapid fire jokes because the plot's dumb, right? Yep. And so the Sphinx, played by Wes Studi. Yeah. Everybody knows this guy. He's been an Indian in every movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he has the least Native American name in the world. Yeah. Ben Stiller, there's a, there's a running thing about, about Mr. Furious and the bowler bickering. Yeah. Which to me just dragged the movie down every time they were doing it because it would just they would just get into this yes you are no I'm not yeah. back and forth that and, and that just seems like to me like like you said earlier I mean we, we we I think it was more Ben Stiller and Greg Kinnear getting into a fight but then I, I actually could see where Gene Garofalo and Ben Stiller getting into fights on set all the time even if yeah. that's, even that's not something that, like, that's known they, they just both seem like confrontational people to right. where and I, it sort of translates into the movie whether they intended to or not I mean yeah. I don't know what the, how the characters were specifically <laughs> right. written but yeah uh, Hank Azaria was fun as the Blue Raja, the Blue Raja. who wears has no blue in his costume. Oh, yeah, the subtleties yeah. of that kind of comic right. that's the funny stuff, yeah. yeah. And the fact that he has to keep explaining his name, yeah. And he's actually and he has this effete uh, English accent, which he's faking, yeah, because uh, he just lives with his mom at home and throws silverware, but never knives, just forks and yeah. spoons. Yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of the third act, when they're gonna go confront Frankenstein, there's a couple of scenes where like. Hank Azaria tells his mom he's a superhero and she, yeah. she supports him and gives him her good silverware. You know, um, Mr. Furious goes to tell Claire Forlani that, you know, he might not come, not, might not be coming back and she gives him a kiss. Yeah. And, uh, the bowler tells his wife. I, I said that, again, the, the wife stuff, I like that. Yeah. It's right? hilarious. Yeah. He's so, he, well, William H. Macy's great all the time and he's. Which so, you gotta give him props. I mean, he, he's hot off of, uh, Boogie Nights. Oh. With this movie. I mean, yeah. it's like, what was that? That was 97, maybe 98 or something. Yeah. And they, they turns around and he does this movie. It's like, right. I mean, the guy could have probably done a thousand other things and it, he's, but I did read that Gene Garofalo... Yeah, 97. 
Gene Garofalo hired or like said no to this movie originally, and oh, yeah. then relented and agreed after hearing that Jeffrey Rush and uh, William H Macy were in the movie. So yeah, uh, the cast is amazing. <laughs> I think I think it's one of those things that just snowballed. Everybody's like, oh, they're in it. I'll be in it <laughs> right, <Yeah. right. laughs> without actually reading the script. Right. Uh, yeah, we the two we haven't mentioned so far, Artie Lang and Tom oh, yeah. Waits. Did you did you read that thing about Artie Lang's uh, mother and sister? No. The uh, the movie was so bad that the their his sister called him because he he has Artie Lang has a a scene in the opening. He's one of the red eyes, right. like this like gang of thugs or whatever. Yeah, he's big red, and, and he's got yeah, and he's got his his scenes maybe only it's like in the opening of the movie and it only goes on for like five minutes. His sister like called him was like, "Are you in any of the scenes?" Because I want to leave this movie. <laughs> like I don't want to sit and watch the rest of it. Oh, that's funny. And Tom Waits plays this guy. He shows yeah. up in the opening scene because he's at the old folks' home, but he's actually this mad genius inventor who yeah. lives in the middle of the desert. And that scene was kind of, again, it could have been a lot better. Yeah. But the set was neat. There's this like rundown amusement park. Yeah, and it was. It was desert. used in some other movie apparently. Oh, yeah. I can't sure. remember what it was. Like but. they're not going to build that just for this movie. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. And he he makes these well. Non-lethal, yeah, uh, like non-lethal weapons, yeah, and it's like tornado in a can, and this uh, the gun of blame, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, it was the what was it, the blame, blame cannon or something, something like, no, it had uh, it had like a, an actual, yeah, name. Then there was the the gun that shrunk clothing. Yeah. To make it so tight that you couldn't move right. or breathe. Which they shoot on the, 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 the hot people, The hot lady assassins. And, uh, and um, it was it? Uh, ben Stiller. Yeah. Ben Stiller's like, yeah, I feel like my pants are shaking. Yeah. There's, did, you, did you see that uh, uh, Tom Waits, did you notice he was like moving his hands a lot? Like crazy? Like I didn't really notice it, but yeah, sort of. So apparently he, he had trouble memorizing a lot of the like weird scientific names and like the psychofraculator and uh-huh. this and that. So he wrote those on his hands. Right. And <laughs> so him moving him around is him reading. I did read that. That's funny. Yeah, find that. It's just like that list of things that he says is just crazy. Doc, you're a genius. <laughs> a canned tornado, huh? Totally non-lethal, but totally effective. Oh. What is I see this what thing you were handling before? Hey, that's a shrinker. How do you know? Oh, a manual. Cool. That's a high-temperature fabric adhesive liquid projector based on simple dry-cleaning technology. You aim that at a guy and... I'll tell you something. His clothes get so tight he can't even breathe. I can trick that out with a clamshell holster. It comes with a leather carrying case. It's got a wad cutter and a full warranty. Nicely done. And what do you call this? Careful, careful. That's a blame thrower. A, a blame, blame thrower. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Your bad attitude is hurting your team. Stop hitting on me. I heard somebody shout at me. Let it shine. 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 Let it no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Not no. ever. Doctor, you are a genius. That's what the guard says. Yeah, yeah. But there's like some scene where he's talking. Oh, skip to skip to after yeah after they they nuke him and oh, then they yeah. come back. That's when he's really right here. There it is. So he's like reading yeah. off his hands. A cloud of radically fluctuating free deviant chaotrons, which penetrate the synaptic relays. This concatenated with, with, with a synchronous transport switch it creates a virtual tributary. It's focused onto a biopolic reflector, and, and, and what happens is, is that hallucinations become reality. 
and the brain is literally fried from within. Where would you get something like that? I don't know. They used to say it couldn't be built. The equations were so complex that most of the scientists who worked on it wound up in an insane asylum. Which is where Casanova's been hanging for the last 20 years. If he turned that thing on the city, it'll waste everything in sight! Not if, when. We need Captain Amazing. Yes, but unfortunately, we just killed him. So, uh, no, unfortunately. Just killed him. <laughs> you know, it was, it was weird. Uh, the, so, I mean, Hank Azaria has been on The Simpsons since the beginning. And right. So, like, he's been sort of a semi-household name since the late 80s. And I saw this movie, I was like... Wow, he looks really young in this. Like, not yeah. like really young, yeah. but I was like, I've always just had this sort of like, like th- you, when you think about them now, you think about them now. They're like, it, like all the actors are like in their 50s and stuff like that. And then I went and looked it up and I was like, like he was born in 1964. And I was like, that means when he was on The Simpsons in the beginning, he was 24 years old. Like, I was like, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. He had like several of the biggest Exactly. Parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that just sort of like blew my mind yeah. where I was and, like, and he looks young enough in this movie to be living with his mom. Exactly. Right? And that's the yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else? No. I mean, they, they, they end up killing uh, yep. Captain Amazing yeah. by accident. They're, he's, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. They push the wrong levers or something. Well, we, we never really – I mean, uh, I'm assuming people have seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've never mentioned that Captain Amazing gets that, – that was a funny scene is when he gets uh, – he knows Casanova Frankenstein so well – he uh, underestimates right, and sort of drops his guard oh, yeah. by telling him, like, oh, can you disable this device and can you disable that? Please, won't you join me? With pleasure. Oh, quick thought. Would you mind removing the submicronic laser in the ring on the index finger of your left hand? Of course. And if it wouldn't be too much trouble, go ahead and disengage the psychotropic bacterium dart launchers in your slippers. Done. The cold fusion ultrasonic neurostunner in your drink stir. Turn it off. We know each other so well, don't we? Lance. Well, we've always been each other's greatest nemesis. This is I. Nemesis. What, what's the plural on that? Nemesis. Whatever. If you're going to prison for life this time, Casanova. You see, here in Champion City, we still do a fairly brisk trade. Injustice. I thought it was all about publicity and keeping your sponsors happy. See, it's that kind of cynicism that I, I truly feel is starting to poison society. Oh, looky here. A multi-frequency radio detonator. You should be more careful when discarding incriminating evidence. Oh, no, no, no. This is an amusing little gizmo. It's really quite cool. Yeah? What, what, what is it? <coughs> Ugh. <laughs> it's a chloroform deploying portable enticement snare. Ah, oh, dang! Oh. He's held hostage, and then the mystery men have to come find him. And right, and he's right under the big death ray, whatever it is. Yes. Yeah, yep. And uh, he's like, "All right, I need you to flip that switch." Yeah. And then that one. And then he tells him, flip the switch, and they already flipped it. And he wanted me, there's a whole back and forth about, should we flip it again? And that's, that's kind of a funny bit, but it kind of went on too long. It did. It could have been but done it, better. But here's the interesting thing about that was that it made sense to me 
it, it kind of went on a little bit long, but I understand it because they kind of have to. They they kind of show that he's an ass in the beginning. Yeah, like he's an arrogant jerk, and then he obviously releases uh, Casanova Frankenstein. So this whole thing's on him. Right. But then he's just sort of like a dick the entire time to them. Yeah. It's the only way you could do that and then have him die and then have people not be like, well, these mystery men are assholes. For it. like, yeah. But yeah. no, it's uh, he's he himself is sort of like a pretentious jerk. Right. Yeah. So they kill him and then they go back and regroup. And uh, so Mr. Furious works at a junkyard and there's this old battle tank thing yeah. there that they – somehow get running and and uh, use to crash into Frankenstein's castle and and uh there's a big magnet on top that they use to get everyone's guns and they storm the castle and everyone has their little like moment you know yeah um oh yeah so Frankenstein has taken Claire Ferlani captive and Mr. Furious gets all angry and and uh fights him and there's the the bowler and Eddie Azard because yeah. he killed her dad so they have a little showdown yeah um oh yeah and the blue raja uses throws a bunch of forks in the wall so mr furious can climb the wall you know everyone has their moment invisible boy finally turns invisible turns to invisible. avoid the the death laser ray thing and then uh oh it, the, they they the machine turns on and starts to warp everything in the that's city. what i didn't understand where i was like are all yeah. these people out there just getting warped and dead or? right yeah it kind of reminds, did you watch this into the spider-verse yet no no okay there's something similar, something similar, similar to that, that. yeah there's, yeah so they, they managed to turn off the ray and save everything um oh i guess they sh- didn't they shoot frankenstein with it or because he, he dies yeah. in some gruesome way doesn't he yeah oh he gets thrown oh, does he get thrown oh, he gets no that's the bowling ball yeah or does he does he get thrown down i can't remember they oh uh, that's how they destroy the ray is the bowling ball goes in mm-hmm. and and you know yeah. bumps into everything and breaks it all so then they're out the news crews are there and they're like they're trying to make nice with the news and they ask she asks them what their name is and and uh, they don't have a name yet and then she's like well these mystery men are yeah. something something and uh, the sphinx is like yeah yeah that's that's our name yeah the mystery men yeah so yeah given that they they name themselves at the end and they're now a team. It feels yeah, it feels. Like I could see yeah. how you could you could do more movies with this. Yeah, yeah. You know? I I did read that they they wanted to make more if it had done well, and there's still even talks that they might make another one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's one of those things that's sort of it's it's similar to like Bill and Ted Three, where it's been talked about right. for like 15 years and just keeps bouncing around, and everyone's on board, but no one actually sits down and does it. Or I mean, if they get a good director. Yeah, this could work, but they 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 really yeah that's the thing, and it, they would have to course correct with a lot of the comedy and like make yeah. it make it a lot of the the better subtle comedy and rather than these some of these long drawn out sight gag yeah. and stupid well, yeah humor stuff yeah. right I mean definitely do the sight gags but make them good well yeah yeah I mean they, yeah. like you said <laughs> it, but it needs to be like right. it needs to be something funny and not just like watermelon shoes yeah. Fucking watermelon shoes, and and the fact that you know, Mister Furious, his quote power is that he gets mad. He's got rage issues. That could have been so much funnier. Yeah, like it was just always just under the threshold of being really funny. Yeah, you know, Uh, his. But that that was like that was the continuous joke was that he would get so angry at everything, but then he would he would stop short of ever having to display his powers, right? Because he would sort of be like, "Oh, you you just got away off easy there, (laughs) you know." I was able to calm myself down. Yeah, and then he finally does unleash his anger at the end, and all all he is is just like a semi decent fighter, right? Yeah, right. 
it would have been nice to show something something more yeah well they could have done they could have done like the invisible boy he could have lifted something very heavy right. sure like, yeah and even if he doesn't have superpowers there's people, people that lift, are, yeah right. that, like the whole like mom, uh, mom burning yeah. car lifting up kind of thing it's yeah he just <laughs> yeah. gets really angry and yeah. it summons extra strength and, exactly yeah. uh so let's uh, let's let's try to examine why we think this felt. I mean, we sort of talked about that a little bit, but yeah. let's look at the the box office on it and see what it, what did it right. actually. Its budget was sixty eight million. That's insane. Yeah, that's absolutely for the insane. late nineties. Yeah, yeah. You could have made an actual superhero movie for that, <laughs> right. not just this yeah. that didn't really have anything to it. Yeah, because yeah. the, the visual effects were like just decent. They weren't great. No, yeah. And and I mean, I guess I'm sure most of that had to go to the actors. Yeah, that's a lot of big names. Yeah, Jeffrey Rush and William H. Macy and Greg Kinnear and right. Ben Stiller. All of them were like very oh, popular. Very hot. Janine yeah. Garofalo was hot in the yeah. 90s. Do uh, you want to guess on what it grossed? U.S. I don't have a world figure. Just U.S. I'm going to say it, it did poorly. 48. 29. Ooh. Yeah. That's, yeah they, they didn't, they're not making another one no, of that. <laughs> no. Jeez. Uh, we, yeah, we've been talking about it. You know, if they if they leaned harder into the comedy, yeah, and I mean, you can keep the dark parts of it. You can keep the 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 visual tone. I thought was fine, and it worked yeah. for the movie. Yeah, but yeah. the the humor tone, I, I, yeah, was I do all like over the, the gritty, yeah. like dark sort of realistic yeah. feel to it. And it does have that sort of. Uh, and again, I don't know whether they did that in. Uh, like for budget reasons of having to reuse the Batman sets, but it right. did it did seem like a cool sort of dark city mm-hmm. that this that the you would need sort of superheroes to save kind of yeah. thing. Um, where where would you where would you take this in the future if you had to make a let's say you had to make at least two more sequels? Where would you take it without rebooting? Without rebooting, this yeah. is this is okay. The movie did good, right? It's where's oh, it going? And, and we're in the early two uh, thousands, early two thousands. Yeah, okay. Um. So Castle of Frankenstein's gone. He's gone. So we need a new Captain villain. Amazing's gone. There's now. Oh yeah. well, no. Yeah, I was going to say. You know how before Captain Amazing died, he kind of turned into this weird, gruesome caricature. Kind okay. Of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe yeah, you make maybe him a that villain. survives, yeah. and he's yeah. the villain. You know? Yeah, because they did they did screw him over. Yeah, yeah. And he and they they did kind of establish that he was sort of willing to cross the line in the beginning. Yeah, totally. Then I think that there was there was a good list of people in the beginning of like evil villains. Oh, the other villains that he put they, away? And, and like sure. some of them were dead, obviously, but some of them were yeah. just in prison for life or, right. or, you know, this or that or, you know, oh, he's in prison for 20 years right. or – so, or he, they thought they executed him on the chair, but they just turned him into a super yeah something something yeah. yeah yeah that's that like I said this movie felt like to me it was best set up to make a franchise out of it yeah you could have you that you've got your cast of characters you could add a couple every couple movies you could have new tryouts every single time <laughs> right. new more list of gag oh, yeah. superheroes and everything and yeah. then they're always just trying to like fight whoever the you know the big bad villain of the day is. Uh, and, and you know you get you give development character yeah. development to them you know yeah, yeah, focus yeah, on yeah, one or William two H. Macy, one. his wife his wife now doesn't think that he's uh, right. the shoveler is this like worthless man that just goes off and to dress up like uh, you know like a costume yeah. hero and yeah. waste the night away any other things we can talk about in any other I mean, we kind of talked about what made it bad I mean I mean I, I feel like just money is the main reason they didn't make any more of these money yeah. money and then just the, the the breakdown on set of like right. the actors not getting along and 
and the you know the director didn't like what he was doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I would have just switched directors in the middle of the movie. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And if at any point an actor comes to you and they're like, "Yeah, the director just said they don't want to be doing this anymore," <laughs> right. it's like, "Okay, then I'm gonna I'm gonna step in." If you're the producer, it's like I'm gonna step in and just make sure this gets done yeah. by someone that wants to be here. Right. That's that's one of those things where it's like uh, it's like what is it? It's like your your dream is somebody else's nightmare. It's okay. like, there's how many other ad directors, like, right. you know, commercial directors that would love to be doing feature sure. films. And this hey, guy's like, Brett sucks. I don't want to be, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Uh, did you rate this? Uh, I would give it, I'd give it, uh, are, are we allowing halves? I can't remember. Not, no, no, that's right. Yeah. That's our rule. <laughs> no half numbers. I'd give it a six. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 It's, it's. It's by no means terrible. It's a lot better than some of the movies we've seen. It's just I can see why it didn't make a sequel. But I feel like they, if here's the shame about it, they could if if it was if the problems were caught in the beginning and you had the right cast and the script was punched up a little bit and you had a director that actually cared, this probably could have been a franchise. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoyed the beginning and most of the end. It's just the middle dragged on quite a bit. Yeah. IMDb rates it at 6.1 and Rotten Tomatoes 45%. 60%. Oh, okay. Everybody's on a six. Everybody thinks it's okay. Yeah. Anybody else in it that we haven't talked about? Uh, Let's see. Paul Rubens, Tom Waits, Jimmy Graffalo. Oh, Michael Bay. Oh, Michael Bay. (laughs) Michael Bay was one of the uh, frat boys. It was funny because I can't, I, I like, when when Paul Rubens was doing some of his spleen stuff, I kept seeing flashes of Pee Wee. Sure, like uh, when he's in that tornado. Yeah, like he's like, ah! like <laughs> just making like Pee Wee noises yep. and like yep. spinning around in circles. I was like, oh, man. yeah, no one else. Jody, oh, Jody Watley is a disco girl. She's a singer. Oh yeah, yeah. That's about it. I mean, there's a bunch of. Oh, Dane Cook, right? Yeah, Dane Cook is the waffler. Oh, Doug Jones. Oh, pet. That's who. Okay, I thought I that the pencil head. Yeah, which is hilarious that it's his name is pencil head, and he's just got this big eraser on his head. But then, yeah, and he's got a son with him. Or yeah, and it, but it's like, but it's oh no. But here's the thing. I think find that scene in the movie. I think he says that he's a, a, like eraser man or something and then the kids calls himself like son of pencil head or something oh. there's some weird mix up in the name hi uh i am pencil head okay and i am son of pencil head we erase crime but his, but his jacket says pm <clears throat> right yes, like pencil you. man it's like they, they changed the name between costumes <laughs> wardrobe design and and, uh, and that kid is way too excited to be yeah. in <laughs> who is uh the squeegee man they, oh yeah, Danny Gould. Right? Yeah, yeah. Reverse psychologist. That's kind of funny. Like, was he even in it? Did we miss him? I, yeah, if I, I think he's one of the guys that doesn't actually say his right. name. Super Vac Man. Two Power Womans. Yep. Super Vac Man. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Mr. Pubs. Big Billy Hill Billy. I guess uh, Luis Guzman had a, a role in this. They cut, or he was oh, the really? diner owner. Oh okay. Yeah. Man, how do you cut Luis Guzman? I know that's the it's uh, you know again hot off of uh, Boogie Nights. He should. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> you you put Luis Guzman in there, man. Come on, best uh, best scene ever filmed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else? 
No, I mean we talked about where we would have taken it. Um, yeah. I would I would have loved for this to do well because, I, I, like I said, I love superheroes. Yeah, you never get enough stuff. of this. Yeah. It's, yeah. Who, yeah, who would who would you want to see make a takeover? Let's say let's say they decided to now reboot this. I think who would you who's handling? I, I mean, Joss Whedon is at the top of the list. Okay, right? Because he has the well now he has the superhero chops, but yeah. he also had the sort of banter dialogue chops. Yeah, he could have really idea. elevated the dialogue for for this. Yeah. I'd want to see Tarantino take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who would have want to see. This I is mean, a really odd one. Yeah. You could even do a, a Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of that, like, uh, you know, dark mm-hmm. nature to it, and sort of like you know, gritty. Sure. Yeah. Well, if there's nothing else, we'll wrap it up here. Thank you for listening. For other podcasts like this, you can check out neozaz.com. And if you're a movie lover, which you should be if you listen to us, the Great 80s, the Great 80s Movie Debate is over there at neozaz.com. It's a really fun way to talk about 80s movies. And you can find us at Sequel Harder on Facebook and Twitter. And you can email us at sequelharder at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Don't stop, keep on doing what you're doing.